0: Thank you. Welcome to episode 10 of the Search With Candor podcast recorded on Friday the 17th of May 2019. My name is Mark Williams-Cook and today I'm lucky enough to be joined again by Rob Lewis. Hello. And we're going to try and make your lives a bit easier with some search news. May the 14th was the Google Marketing Live event. I had a lot of information about upcoming features in Google and a lot of content around the Google Ads platform. So that's why I've got Rob with me so he can fill me in on those things and we're gonna be talking about what you need to know. One of the things announced in the Google Marketing Live this week on Tuesday was discovery ads. So there was a few things they announced, so discovery ads, some changes to uh, shopping, some gallery ads that we've spoken about before. And there was just this, uh, I think, a whole theme of changes that we'll discuss um, as we go on. But discovery ads, uh, so Google said, rolling out to all advertisers globally later this year. Discovery ads are a new way to reach people across Google properties in the moments when they're open to discovering your products and services. Uh, and then they've listed a few bullet points saying, rich and relevant creative, inspire customers with an open canvas showcasing your brand or products in sw- in a swipeable image carousel rendered natively across each Google property. Results, by combining this incredible reach and creative canvas with Google's understanding of intent, you can be confident you're anticipating what your customers want and delivering the results you care about. And then lastly, it says unmatched reach. Reach hundreds of millions of people across the YouTube home feed, the Gmail promotions and social tabs, and the feed in Discover using a single campaign. So I've got some images in the show notes here to to give some demonstrations of what they're talking about. And as I understand it, uh, basically these discovery ads are native ads that are going to appear across multiple Google feed type environments because that's one thing I've noticed what Google's doing with a lot of its its properties and apps is creating these kind of feeds now rather than users having to necessarily go in and and search for something. So these discovery ads are gonna give you uh, real estate in these feed environments, and it's essentially using the same signals Google uses for in-market audiences. So this is when Google is saying, with our understanding of intent, so what's your, what's your initial reaction to, to that, Rob? Um, well, Google's been looking to new ad formats um, and
1: targeting methods outside of its normal search results um, recently, and, and they've ramped up quite a lot on introducing new ad formats. Um, and one of the reasons for this is because the cost per click on the search network is becoming increasingly competitive, um, and Google is trying to find a solution to find cost-effective Traffic solutions for advertisers. So um, this is I, I I see this as an, another extension of um, uh, introducing a new ad formats using in market intent targeting, which are two things that Google promises to be the future of its advertising, reaching people based on their intent rather than what they're actively typing in. Um, I find these new ad formats interesting, particularly how they might perform in the Google feed. I mean, I I don't know about you, Mark, but I use the Google feed a lot on my phone. Um, I find the content suggestions are normally pretty spot on, Um, apart from recently where I've been getting spammed by Google about the new John Wick film, which (laughs) I have no interest in whatsoever. But other than that, it's normally pretty spot on. Um, I guess the only only doubt I have, really, is that the in-market... Um, intent targeting that Google has introduced is still quite hit and miss. So I'm hoping that all of this is just um, a precursor to them investing more time, more technology in being able to target people who are actively searching um, for, for, for your product, for your service, and being able to capture them based on um, the various signals that Google can capture about them.
0: Yeah, so I actually don't really use any of those Google products with feeds or Discover or anything. I I've, I've, I think I'm, I'm slightly, I don't know, I'm slightly paranoid about the whole tracking thing, but I need to know how it works. So I I always kind of sit on the fence and I hope I wouldn't get any suggestions for John Wick. So I've seen the first John Wick film and um, they kill a puppy at the beginning, which to me is just, it just put that film in the bin and put the bin in the sea. Um, I, Yeah, I did watch it, but. I almost switched it off at the the puppy death. I it can't, makes me I can't wonder why that. they're targeting me. Then I've not I've never seen a John Wick film, and I like puppies. But there you go. Um, cool. So yeah, I think it it as you say, it's interesting with the more people jumping into Google advertising. It does mean that the search network costs get disrupted. The the thing I I saw that's really interesting actually um, at the beginning of. Google Marketing Live was they had a case study that they've got on their blog where they tracked a lady over i believe it was 70 days and 200 different touch points for her purchase of a pair of jeans so they were they were highlighting that with seemingly a simple intent of I'd like to buy new jeans that it took this particular customer over two months of research, of reading reviews online, looking at videos, exploring different websites, doing different um, searches before she finally came to a decision. And I think that's something maybe um, we're, I'd say, almost guilty of when we're explaining search advertising to people, of oversimplifying it, of, hey, someone does a search, you can have your ad here, and then you get the sale, when actually maybe some of these ads Google are making now are, are trying to get you space earlier on in that in that journey.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And a lot of the activities that we carry out on paid advertising are multi-tiered anyway, which factors in that there are multiple ch- touch points. And I guess, as you say, we try and be as um, simple as we can when we're discussing this, but actually it's it's a lot more complex because people have these multiple touch points and you need to ensure that your product or your service remains visible at each available touch point that's relevant
0: yeah okay uh gallery ads so gallery ads are actually something um google spoke about in google marketing live but we mentioned these i think it was in episode five um, so we highlighted um there was a, a new beta uh, for Google ads in show called called gallery ads and I think the the example we had was something like holidays or flight i think it was holidays to Croatia or flights to croatia and it was basically these ads that were appearing at the top of search and they were images which was which was quite a big new thing um having image ads in search and they had the the swipeable slideable boxes so <clears throat> Google's now saying that these are gonna these gallery ads are gonna be rolled out, and they've said. By combining search intent with a more interactive visual format, gallery ads make it easier for you to communicate what your brand has to offer. We found that on average, ad groups including one or more gallery ads have up to 25% more interactions, paid clicks or swipes at the absolute top of the mobile uh, search results page. We've had some more details since we uh, spoke about this in episode five which is that we know now, gallery ads function on a pay-per-click and pay-per-swipe basis. We know that you can include four to eight images in gallery ads, and you can have up to seventy characters for each image. Um, it's it's interesting. I I find it almost slightly misleading in a way when they say, um, "Oh, they've got up to twenty-five percent more interactions." So. I'm sure that interactions includes swipes as well as clicks, um, which obviously doesn't put it as maybe a fair comparison to other types of search ad, but I'm not really surprised because those gallery ads were huge, right? Yeah. They were they they weren't like the little ads we get at the top. They were massive images. So yeah, I'm not really surprised they've got more interactions because we're we're sticking a, a huge thing at the top at the top of search. Um, I mean, it, it's good for Google because more interaction with ads is going to give them more more revenue, basically. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on this, Rob? Have we got access to these now? Because we yeah. didn't last time as yeah, well.
1: Spoke. We've just been given early beta access to the ad format, and um, we've just finished a process of setting those adverts up for a client, actually. So I'm excited to see the results. Um and my thought process here is that this is Google's attempt to merge social Instagram-style content to its search results, similar to rock Baidu do, for example, and um, the, the Korean search engine. Um, in terms of paying for swipes and micro-interaction, yeah, I think as long as the total cost per acquisition um, for leads or sales is low enough to drive a return on investment, in my opinion, it's all good. But as we've all paid search activities don't just look at the micro r- metrics such as click-through rates because really click-through rate is irrelevant i mean it, you could spend 1000 pounds on these ads and not generate a single penny in revenue so um, look at the interaction rate by all means but also take a look and see what um, impact it has on your bottom line
0: i guess um, people swiping through these gallery ads is is like they're looking through your website anyway because you're still introducing them to your range of products or services right yeah yeah so yeah. i mean we've seen a lot of zero click stuff happening uh, with google where they're really pulling uh, pulling content of websites out for for better or worse on, onto their search engine so that's interesting mm. um yeah okay so that was that was gallery ads so gallery ads are kind of coming to everyone now um and it will be interesting to see what they do uh, something else that came up in uh, Google marketing live was showcase shopping ads um so we we hopefully you've heard of showcase shopping ads they've they've been around um, a while now and Google's announcement said today we're bringing showcase shopping ads a highly visual ad format that incorporates rich lifestyle imagery into your shopping ads to even more surfaces like Google images. Uh, the feed on Discover and soon YouTube, places where we know people are looking for inspiration and ideas. Uh, So showcase shopping ads are similar to gallery ads in that they offer the ability to include multiple product images that are scrollable from left to right. And the ads can also offer an easy way for consumers to click through to a product page um, and then commerce and and checkout. So this this seems again, like another way google is trying to get your ads higher up i guess in the research process because I, I imagine quite a lot of research is done on places well, i know a lot of research is done on places like youtube for for products um i put some images again in the in the show notes so the show notes are at uk, and you can see mock-ups of what these ads look like now on these different on these different um on these different surfaces um so rob you know um, we've been using showcase ads for a while what what do you think um do you think it's going to be worthwhile opening these ads up to different places i think as with
1: all things until you try it you you just don't know so that's your answer with everything (laughs) (laughs) i've um i've had mixed results with showcase ads um they haven't been available for every industry they become available once multiple advertisers start utilizing them um so they work quite well at the moment in fashion Um, although due to the way you're charged, you should expect a lower return on investment with these types of adverts. And that's literally because you're charged per interaction. So for example, someone could swipe along, browse multiple products, but not actually click through to your website. Um, So you need to bear that in mind, factor that into your um, cost per click or cost per interaction as it is on this case. Um, Just like with how video advertising on YouTube, you could generate potentially thousands of views Um, but not generate any clicks to your website. Um, So it's just worth bearing that in mind. Um, Use it, perhaps consider it more as a form of um, product awareness, that initial touch point, if you will, the first tier of advertising. And as with all things, just monitor it. Don't overspend. Make sure you're actually generating a profit from it.
0: I'm waiting for the day, um, rather than actually say use it data, you're just going to start making wild recommendations wild maverick recommendations Stay day may yet come <laughs> uh so we're, we're, we're kind of rattling through these now because there's, there's a lot to get through and and you know i want to I cover these things um and one of the announcements that i think really interests me i've saved it to to last is google have announced what they're calling the new google shopping experience so i'm gonna just read through what google said to make sure i get the the detail on this right so google announced This year, we're unveiling a redesigned Google Shopping experience with new immersive ways for shoppers to discover and compare millions of products from thousands of stores. When they're ready to buy, they can choose to purchase online, in a nearby store, and now directly on Google. For retailers and brands, it brings together ads, local and transactions in one place to help them connect with consumers across their shopping journey. So what, what does this mean for users? They say shoppers will have a personalized homepage on the shopping tab where they can filter based on features they care about and brands they love, read reviews and even watch videos about the products. For example, if they're looking for headphones, they can filter for wireless and the brand they're looking for. Again, i have including a mock-up in the show notes. might be easier if you if you kind of have a look at this. Um, and when so when they're talking about here when they're talking uh, about having the transactions in one place this is referring to uh, the bringing together of shopping and google express and google express is the uh, delivery service um, google's been been running where now you they're going to integrate google shopping with express meaning that you can buy directly from google shopping so they're saying there'll be a blue shopping cart on the item that shows shoppers they can purchase what they want with simple returns and customer support backed by a Google guarantee. People can buy confidently knowing Google is there to help if they don't get what they're expecting, their order is late, or they have issues getting a refund. With this new experience, we're merging the best of Google Express with Google Shopping. So I think there's two things happening there. Firstly, they're changing Google Shopping from being basically just this list of products into a, a more intelligent experience that includes everything we've just spoken about, which is this higher up in the funnel research kind of stuff, so reviews, videos, things that influence people into making purchase decisions, and they are including the ability for some um, for some retailers to directly transact via Google Shopping. Um, this seems like kind of a big deal.
1: <laughs> I think, I, for me, I, I think it's game-changing. Um, it could completely change the way that people shop online because they're merging search through Google um, with e-commerce. So I'm more excited about the potential for suppliers here, um, for, for businesses. Um, so um, customers can buy something through their Google account. They can buy your product. Um, And and the data benefits of that are just immense. So, whereas um, many suppliers may have invested, may invest thousands of pounds in trying to get their website perfect to increase their conversion rates, to maximise the chance of a sale, all of that to some extent may soon become potentially irrelevant um, if you're purchasing directly through Google. Uh, I'm not saying that that's you know that's just the extreme end of it. I don't think it will ever. Become that way i think you know websites are always going to be important but it's just it's going to just completely change the way that sales are generated and recorded by by advertisers
0: yeah so interestingly when i've heard people talk about google competitors it is not maybe what you'd initially expect which is other um, general use search engines so i've heard many people say google's biggest competitor is actually amazon So a lot of, a big slice of the potential revenue Google could generate with commercially, uh, commercial intense searches is snatched because people will go straight to Amazon when they wanna buy something. So they think, okay, I wanna buy something. I'm not gonna do a search on Google got an Amazon account I'll I'll go right there and and search
1: well I'm afraid to say I'm one of those lazy consumers (laughs) and I always buy everything from Amazon and I wonder (laughs) if I'm now going to become a lazy Google consumer and just purchase everything through my
0: Google account right so I mean I think this is an interesting point because it's it's coming back to this path of least resistance which is that you know whether it's good for retailers or not user behavior does tend over a long enough time period to gravitate towards the things Mm. that are the easiest to do, take the less time and or the least time and the least effort. Um, so I'll, yeah, I, I mean, that's obviously, I think it's pretty obvious that's the move Google's making, which is to become this this more kind of in, intelligent one-stop retail destination. So I'd be really interested to see how that, how that pans out.
1: It's possible as well that Google might consider moving away from a cost per click model. Um, if this becomes huge, and um, most advertisers see the benefits of this kind of shopping Google Express form of purchasing, Um, then maybe Google will offer a commission basis. So perhaps rather than paying per click, you pay a percentage of the revenue that's generated through Google. It's just things that, that may happen
0: in the future. Okay that's everything we wanted to cover on the Google Live event. One thing I did want to just pop on to the end of this podcast was a new series of videos that Google are releasing. So some of the, the people that have spoken to me about the podcast are saying oh it's you know it's interesting but oh it's, it's pretty technical. Um, we're still finding our way with it you know we're at episode 10 now. Um, really pleased if you've got any feedback do let me know. Um, but this set of videos, you'll be able to find them. I'll put a, again uh, a link in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk. Um, but Google are releasing a series of videos called SCO Mythbusting. and they're by Martin Split, who's been doing quite a few Google, uh, Google videos recently. And the first one came out. Uh, i think a, a week or so ago and it goes through some really really basic seo 101 stuff and i think it's great for business owners for developers who maybe haven't thought that much about seo before to to have a listen to again i'll put a note in the show notes for you but that's everything for this episode i'll say goodbye from myself and on behalf of rob And we'll be back in one week on May the 27th with episode 11. And as usual, you can find the show notes on search.withcandor.co.uk. Bye.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't do that.